On the phone with me right now for our Psychic Friday podcast is Kelly Elson. Kelly is a forensic psychic medium, a personal psychic consultant, a Reiki teacher, a clinical hypnotherapist, past life regressionist, and transpersonal teacher. Kelly owns and operates the Awakenings Group Center for Psychic Sciences and Bioenergetics in Goderich, Ontario. She's been bringing her unique brand of mediumship to the stage for over a decade. She's also an active keynote speaker on the dynamics of psychic sciences and a stand-up comedian as well. How cool is that? Kelly, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Judy. Well, this is, uh, wow, I've got all sorts of questions for you. Uh, so let's go through your, uh, let's go through the different things that you do. First off, it says here you're a forensic psychic medium. What exactly is that? Well, what that is, I mean, you know, we all know what a medium is, right? We, we receive impressions, um, information from from people on the other side. Um, certain psychics, for some reason or another, uh, from a young age, at least in my case, it was from a young age, seemed to be attuned to, like, a radio station to, uh, you know, to, to, to homicides and to criminal activity. So... Uh, you know, at, at around the age eight, I started to, to have very um, strong visual dreams about these things taking place. And it became a normal experience for me, but it, uh, it made me develop a strong interest in abnormal psychology by around the age of 12. So my first um, chapter books weren't, you know, they weren't by Judy Bloom. They were books on the Manson family, and, and I developed such a, a profound, deep interest. Um, I started to work consciously with the psychic work into my late teens, and it just so happened, uh, you know, by around the age of 21, I submitted my first reading um, to the police in, in a case around London. And did your um, material that you submit to the police, did they, um, uh, well, did it help with the case, first of all? And second of all, did you get all sorts of phone calls going, how the heck did you know all of this? That, well, that came a few years later. So, so the first few ones that I submitted information, uh, you know, through people that I knew, one even now when I'm working on cases, I don't get a lot of deep information on the case back. You know, once in a while, uh, my gal cop friend in Chesley, she'll message, she'll, she'll say, oh yeah, you hit that one, you got that one, you got that one. Um, it wasn't until about three uh, years ago where I inadvertently located some remains, um, and not even with the police. It, there was a, a family came in for a reading who had a missing man, and they certainly didn't tell me that but I inadvertently, after the read him, gave him directions to where he was. After that happened, I started to get those phone calls, and um, it was after that that, of course, the police started to take a deeper look at the information that I was submitting and uh, started to respond a little bit more. So, understandably, uh, you know, it's not, you know, they have to deal in facts and they've got work to do. And, uh, of course, there are a lot of amazing psychics out there who just, they do, they see stuff and they, they want to submit it. <clears throat> Very hard for them often to take the time and the resources to do that. Um, so in a couple of the cases, I just connected directly um, with families of the missing people and, and um, worked with them with really good success. However, sometimes, you know, it comes after the fact. You know, you realize, oh, okay, I sent them that name or I sent them that address. 
um, and uh, they do respond and acknowledge it. Um, I would love to find someone at some point in my career who's still alive. <laughs> no kidding. The goal, but. <laughs> wow. So, um, so when it comes to you, when the vision comes to you, does it come to you in a dream or do you uh, go into some sort of trance? Do you meditate? What is your process for seeing what you see? Or does it just come randomly? Like you could be shopping and all of a sudden you have a vision. Yeah, it tends to, with the forensic work, it can come through dreams or, you know, when I'm in a, in a relaxed state. What's very different and strange about me in terms of that is that I tend to remote view through the eyes of the killer. Um, which is why the dreams were so disturbing as a child because in these dreams it was me you know doing these things to people i understand now why it happened that way so what what um what will happen is sometimes i'll just get random information of a case that's on tv um i've i've had it happen twice where i've received information and submitted it to the police that matched a crime that hadn't happened yet so you know maybe that movie minority report is not so <laughs> far-fetched wow. um so um, so basically, yeah, not too often randomly if I'm shopping and things like that. I've always been a psychic who's found there's a great deal of natural balance in that for me. Mm-hmm. So I've never um, actually had to regulate it, um, which, you know, is uncommon for psychics often because, you know, it's it's a lot of energy to deal with. But I, I've just always found, and maybe it's because I got used to that difficult stuff very young, right? That's not the kind of dreams every 12-year-old wants to be having. No um, so kidding. So I just developed an ability to observe it and record it. Um, so it it tends to happen randomly. Now, I heard, and you can confirm this or not, um, or just say no comment, but I heard that a lot of police forces actually do work with psychics, but it's not really a known fact because... A lot of people out there just don't believe in that, and that's totally fine. But, you know, I could see the the, the, the police's uh, attitude would be, hey, let's use all sources that we have. Let's, right. you know, let's turn over every stone. Uh, what percentage of police forces would you say have somebody that they check in with occasionally, especially cases that they're just completely baffled with? Yes. I would probably, you know, all I can do is give a good guesstimate, but I, I would probably say probably half. Mm-hmm. And what's very interesting is that this is one area where the United States is has been well ahead of us for years on that. Um, my, my, my inquiries have shown me that it's fairly regularly and openly used in the States and, and has been for some time. So um, I'm finding that, you know, with my work here, and I also um, do my best to work with um, first responders, um, you know, use my other work, the, the, the healing work, the meditation, the, the hypnotherapy um, for post-traumatic stress and, and, and stuff like that. So I, I think more than we know. I know that also, though, that the, the, the issue in a lot of these cases, of course, is that you know, that you're right. They they just want to get the bad guy. They just want to get someone off the streets mm-hmm. or daughters or our sons are safe. And <clears throat> they don't want to risk something questionable coming up in a court case. 
So that is often a, oh. a more of a reason even now, I'd say, why, right. it's, why it's kept on the down low a little bit more. You know, so when the question comes up, you know, how did you find this gun? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, we found it with, you know, Mary, Queen of the Stars, <laughs> you know, right out of Lake Street. <laughs> You know, so it's a balance. And and I think that's why I work very hard to, even as I present, like I, my business here is a clinic. And, you know, you'll notice if you meet me, I look more like a CSI worker than I do a psychic. Um, and that's because what I care about is bridging and creating a sense of comfort um, with them, right? Um, not credibility. I don't worry too much about whether, you know, I get information, I give it to them. Uh, but it's more about creating uh, an aura or an energy that that creates comfort and trust with people. And I find that that does. Well, you do look like you could be on an episode of CSI because when I actually uh, met Kelly Elson, uh, Kelly Elson on the phone with me right now, forensic psychic medium, uh, along with many other things. But when I first saw Kelly, it was actually at a live a group reading that Ursula Darby was doing and she saw Kelly in the audience and Kelly I'll let you uh, tell folks what Ursula saw around you this is without you saying anything so why don't you tell us the story yeah well it's very interesting because I just I love other mediums and I love going and seeing how they do their stuff and and how they move about the stage and their and their dynamics there and uh, but I also feel always feel on some level I know that dynamic you don't you want the information to come through organically mm-hmm. so you don't want to I didn't want the first thing I said to be oh yeah by the way I'm a psychic medium too mm-hmm. you know you, you don't want to do that at the same time when she came over of course not knowing I was a forensic psychic medium um, she saw all kinds of stuff around me that I knew pertained to you know me energetically and the work that I was doing and the cases that I was working on um, you know because I don't have people in my personal life that matched what she was saying but there were energies around me in some of the cases I've worked on that did Yes, she saw, uh, if I recall, because I think being a a spectator in the audience, she (laughs) said, there's a lot of weapons. If you don't mind me, first of all, she asked you, she said, is it okay if I say this out loud? And she always does that with her clients, which I think is fantastic. And you said, for sure. And she said, I see a lot of, excuse me, I see a lot of drugs and I see a lot of weapons around you. And I'm like, who the hell is in the audience? And I turn back and I'm like, there's the CSI woman sitting there. And as it turns out, that's what you do. You're a forensic psychic medium. So these cases that you're working on, of course there would be drugs. Of course there would be weapons. Unless you've got a lot of drugs (laughs) and weapons in your personal life. And that's okay too, Kelly. I'm not here to judge. (laughs) (laughs) you weren't laughing there for a sec I was worried okay so having said that having said that do you also do uh you're a personal psychic consultant so what is your process for just reading people Uh, uh is it something that you have to turn on or is it something that you're reading all the time from somebody Oh, I see. Yeah, well, well, what it is, so when here in my clinic, that's basically what I do full-time. I see about five people a day. And when someone comes in for a reading for the first time, I, uh, I give them a brief description of the three things that will happen. There's the mediumship, 
There's the extrasensory perception, which is maybe, you know, reading chakras. And then there's prognostication, which is looking at things that may come up in the future. Um, I'm a very scientific and a skeptical psychic. So what I do is I give them a description more on a quantum physics level of um, how their loved ones actually just change in their molecular density and how they start to vibrate above the veil or about nine and a half million gigahertz, which is just as high as we can detect. Mm. So I give them this scientific template that, that you know, gives them something that they can, um, I don't mean comprehend because I don't want to be condescending. They often know a lot, but something that their human brain can latch on to in terms of where. Um, and then uh, and then I go through the reading. I have basically, I keep an empty chair or two in my reading room, and how it works is that I will see certain individuals just come and, and sit down in the chairs. So I describe them physically, and um, they interact with me, not only me, but with the, the client as well. I've started to notice that the clients are, now that they're aware of where they are in the room, it's, it's making it much more um, tangible and palpable for them. Um, again, I'm a person, I'm a psychic without a lot of ritual. And when I say this, I, I can almost hear some Reiki masters and psychics around the world gasping. <laughs> uh, but I have never done protections or smudging or cleansings or clearing um, or any of that. And it's not because I don't think ritual is important. Ritual gives our um, our human side, right, something to do. If we light candles, if we burn smudge, if we do all that, it makes it more of a whole experience. Um, but again, I just have always simply just understood this energy as being of a higher intelligence than I am. So when I make myself available to use it, what's most important is that I understand that it's not going to hang me out to dry. Well, um, so, great description. So the other thing I will say is that even working in forensics, mm -hmm. I have never met a malicious or an evil spirit or entity. Um, ones coming through to show me something around, uh, you know, a murder-suicide are going to feel differently um, than, you know, a little cute 90-year-old nun who died in her sleep. Mm -hmm. But I've never, ever had the sensation that, an, that a natural energy was here to cause me any harm. Sometimes they just want to tell us their story. And if their story is that they were strangled, <laughs> you know, we can read that as a very angry entity in the room with us. Um, so because of that, I don't have a lot of ritual. Um, my preparation amounts um, basically to a coffee and, um, you know, a glass of water and, and lighting some candles around the place and preparing for, you know, whoever, whoever steps in. Okay, well, can I just ask you this? You said something very interesting about evil, uh, evil entities, evil energies. So you don't believe, like, the stuff that we see on TV, the stuff that we see, the quote-unquote paranormal activity, uh, you know, Rosemary's Baby, where the person's getting thrown out of the bed and vomiting, that kind of stuff does not exist, or that just has not, that's not happened, uh, you know, to anybody that you know, let's say. I'm not going to say it doesn't exist. What I'm going to say is that as a, as a medium, um, I might have a differing or an atypical concept of why it exists and why it happens. So I view spirit as natural earth and life force energy. So let's say that we would view a tornado the exact same way. 
so no one's going to say that a tornado coming through, and I live in Goddard, and it did, <laughs> um, isn't going, can't cause destruction and change and, mm-hmm. and things that are going to maybe not feel comfortable. But a tornado in and of itself is not an evil entity, you know, nor is a, a wind that blows down a, a building or a piano that falls on our head. So um, I'm not going to say that people don't have paranormal experiences that are frightening. Um, Maybe I have developed this concept simply so I can move through the things that I do in my work, um, you know, with my head in a bubble. (laughs) I mean, there's no doubt. What I'm going to say is that the human psyche is a very interesting thing. So our brain, our survival brain, and our brain is a muscle, the left side of the brain is um, not only here to only deal within the physical world, but it also, um, you know, it's there to rule out and discern between real and non-real and to a survival method of threat or non-threat. So let's say we are, um, you know, sitting in our den alone at night and we hear a noise. The first thing our human brain does is it does a scan because it's there to keep us safe. We don't want it to be Ted Bundy um, coming in our window. So it will do this scan in order to identify the source of that noise or presence. As soon as it can't do that, it's in its nature to trigger a fear switch because it hasn't identified it. Now, nine times out of ten, of course, what, what it is is, you know, it's Aunt Mary or it's an angel or it's an energy of a being that's there and you're just feeling that presence. So the fear part is natural. Add the fact that you may have watched paranormal activity the night before or just watched a show like The Dead Files where, you know, she says you can catch cancer and have heart attacks from being around spirits. Right. And our brain will add fear um, into that feeling of that presence. So I think that the human psyche um, has a lot of its own demons and that sometimes it will take an energy and, and maybe run with it. I am chatting on the phone with Kelly Elson. Kelly is a forensic psychic medium. She's also a personal psychic consultant and Reiki teacher, clinical hypnotherapist, past life regressionist, and transpersonal teacher. You heard her talking about the center that she works out of, and that is the Awakenings Group, and that is in Goderich. Um, Kelly, is there a website, a phone number that folks can reach you at? This is very, very interesting, but I want folks to be able to get a hold of you. Sure. Now, I have an antiquated website. I'm working on a new one, but they can find my basic information at kellyelson.com. And um, the email is kellyelson at live.ca. And the phone number is 519-612-1474. Kelly, thank you so much for joining me on Psychic Friday. Thanks for having me, Judy. A lot of fun, and I hope to see you again at another comedy event. (laughs) Absolutely. Something a little more cheery. (laughs) 